Good morning, Delaware. It is a beautiful Friday morning here in Delaware. Just great driving in this morning, seeing that nice blue sunshine. It was felt really great. It's going to be such a good day. Yes. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Uh, this afternoon is the open house and the grand opening of the Main Street Delaware Welcome Center. I'm looking forward to that. I'm very much looking forward to that. So it's going to be a good day. That's great. Well, that's Gage Tellus behind the board. Good morning, Gage. Good morning, everyone. And our guest today is Jill Rinker from Source Point. Jill's going to be talking about some programs that she's going to be doing at our Orange Branch Library in August on making sense of Medicare. And I was just, we were talking before the show, and I said, we timed this really well because in about two weeks, I'm going to have to start making sense of Medicare myself. <laughs> uh, so You I, might be there. Well, you know, the thing is that we were talking about how, how all these decisions you have to make when you retire. And one of the reasons I'm retiring is because I'm having trouble making decisions. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're going to make them now while you I can. Better, yeah. yeah, right. So anyway, so welcome, Jill. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, we're delighted that you're going to not only here on the show, but you're going to be doing these programs for us at, at Orange. So, But I got to tell you, this week, Donna Myers from the Historical Society. I love Donna. I do, too. She reposted something on Facebook that I absolutely loved. This is, you know how you say you don't, you can't judge a book by its cover? Right. Well, you can't judge a book by its cover because they put blurbs on the cover. Oh, sure. All right. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to interpret those blurbs to know what you're going to be reading, right? It takes a master's degree. So this is a glossary of terms that you need to know if you want to actually understand what those blurbs are saying. So if the book says it's enchanting, mm -hmm. it means there's a dog in it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's heartwarming, there's a dog and a child. Ooh. However, if it's, it's as moving, that means the child dies. Ouch. If it's heartrending, that means the dog dies. That's the worst, yeah. <laughs> uh, if it's thoughtful, mind-numbingly tedious. Ooh, right, yeah. I don't yeah. want to think when I read sometimes. Yep, right. Um, epic. It says here, editor has been cowed by the author's reputation. <laughs> it can also mean doorstop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so. I was saying epic is definitely like a 900-page book that spans the generations of seven different families. Yeah, can't yeah. do it. Yeah, no, no good. From the pen of a master, same old, same old. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know what to say about this guy. Or in the tradition of, I mean, shamelessly derivative. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, spare and taught, under-researched. Richly detailed, over-researched. <laughs> uh, disturbing means that the author is absolutely bonkers. Really, really, really. <laughs> Stellar means that the author is young and photogenic. <laughs> it's classic if the author is hanging in there, and it's vintage if the author is past the gun. <laughs> so anyway, that, that are uh, some books on, or some tips on how to use blurbs from Donna Myers. Thank you, and thank you for giving me permission to steal what you, you put up there, Donna. So, uh, Nicole, what, what mind-numbingly tedious book have you been reading? Yes, I, I have been reading a richly detailed uh, ah, okay. book, which, if you remember just from a moment ago, is over-researched. <laughs> um, my book club this week uh, picked up or discussed The King's Shadow, Obsession, Betrayal, and the Deadly Quest for the Lost City of Alexandria. Ooh. It's written by Edmund Richardson, and it was just published this year in April of uh, 2022. Um, it has a really good blurb, <laughs> is what I'll say about this book. Uh, the blurb is basically, um, you know, for centuries, the city of Alexandria beneath the mountains was um, kind of this unknown, uh, utopic kind of setting of where East met West, and it it got lost. It got lost in the in the Middle East. Um, 
It vanished in 1833. It was discovered in Afghanistan by the unlikeliest person imaginable. Um, and then it goes on to talk about this this man who discovered it. It's a really cool, uh, true story. Um, my, my book club picked this up because it was nonfiction. We decided we would have a nonfiction-specific meeting, and this one won the poll. We have a, <laughs> we have a very democratic system, and so it won the poll. Um, but I will say that to... My taste of nonfiction writing, which is things like Eric Larson and uh, Richard, uh, Robert Curson and Mary Roach, uh, it didn't quite have their um, their speed and their punchiness, um, and it didn't quite have their just their their narrative storytelling. Um, what happened a lot in this book was Edmund Richardson would use a lot of primary sources and he would quote them um, beautifully, but then he would kind of throw in his 2022 banter. And so it was a little bit jarring when mm -hmm. it went back and forth between the two. But here's the basic story. So uh, British explorer John Lewis um, was a member of the East India Company. And uh, if you know anything about that in 1833 or 1820s, it's gruesome and brutal and pretty awful mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in every way possible. Uh, he's in India, and he, he abandons the East India Trading Company. He wakes up one morning. He says, I'm done. He walks away. Uh, the East India Trading Company did not take well to that, and <laughs> anyone who was considered a deserter uh, was basically hunted after for the rest of their life. It wasn't a forgotten thing. It was very much remembered. Uh, so he basically becomes this... Um, chameleon of whoever he wants to be. He travels from city to city to city. He makes up different names everywhere he goes. He's a he's a doctor in one city. He's a um, other just kind of traveler in another city. Um, and then in one city, he takes up this personality of an archaeologist, and that seems to be the one that sticks with him. Wow. Uh, mind you, he's this in the middle. sounds like a Netflix series. It, it, it could get there. Yeah, it yeah. definitely could get there. Um, he is a he is a British man who is uh, white skinned and red haired, <laughs> so he didn't really fit in very no. well among the locals. And so when he tried to pass himself off as a, as a local, I mean, it took a lot. <laughs> uh, he. Um, whenever he finally found this kind of like archaeology path that he went on. He was really good at it, and he was doing a lot of the right things. He was making friends with the right people. I mean, he was friends with maharajas and all these other um, kind of princes and people of power in these cities, um, and he was doing archaeology right for 1833 standards. Right. We know better now. But he was doing archaeology right. Because at the time, they were saying, you know, oh, somebody found something, and so he took a bunch of TNT to it and blew it up, and then he got where he wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> and and in the meantime, uh, you know, John Lewis, who had changed his name to Charles Masson, um, Charles Masson was using, you know, pitchforks instead. <laughs> ah, okay. uh, he was finding coin after coin after coin. And the thing that was fascinating to him was is that he knew that Alexander the Great uh, had been through that area. And so he was looking for a lot of Greek um, heritage and Greek things. And what he was finding was coins that on one side had Greek writing and on the other side uh, would have had, um, you know, Eastern writing on it. He also would find things that uh, the most famous thing that he found was called um, the Bimerian casket. It was a first century bejeweled um, thing engraved with the very earliest datable image of the Buddha. But the fascinating thing about it was the Buddha is in the middle, um, flanked on one side with a Hindu god, flanked on the other side with. Um, 
I want to say a Greek god. And so it's just this very interesting thing that he found out about this area. So he goes on and on. He finds all these wonderful things. Is sending them back to the um, – he, he makes a mistake, though. He thinks that he's so well in his, uh, in his you know, Charles Masson, not John Lewis, that he starts corresponding with – Britain and saying like you might want these because I could make money and I can send these things back to you they figure out who he is so when they figure out who he is uh, basically one of the deserter trackers from the East India um, trading company basically writes him and says we've got you so now you're going to spy for us because you have all these connections. And so that is the beginning of his demise. It basically, um, he loses all his friends because spying wasn't really spying as we think of like 007. Spying was, um, you know, you're going to tell us what all these people are doing so that eventually we can be Imperial Britain and we can colonize, you know, India as we want to. And so he starts spying. Things just keep going downhill. Eventually, he's more officially a prisoner of the East India Trading Company. And um, eventually, he really loses all of his money, all of the things that he's found. They are all claimed by Britain. He goes back home and just kind of trickles back into the the landscape of Britain. Wow. It's a really, really sad story for what happens to him, um, for the amazing things that he discovered. Um, he he just, he had a really cool story, and I guess it's really nice that Edmund Richardson did bring it to light in The King's Shadow, um, but it's it's a little bit, a little bit kind of sad. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, the, the adventures that this guy went through mm-hmm. and the way he got to that point, fascinating. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Yeah. Great. And tell us again the title and the author. Yes, it's The King's Shadow, Obsession, Betrayal, and the Deadly Quest for the Lost City of Alexandria. And it's written by Edmund Edmund Richardson. Great. So this, uh, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, I read uh, or I reviewed a book called um, Fakers, An Insider's Guide to Cons, Hoaxes, and Scams by H.P. Wood. And it was a book intended for high school and college students, basically, that talks about the history of uh, con artists and scammers and gets into online scams and everything as well. And I noticed in the biographical note that she had written a a novel earlier. Uh, And so I went out and tracked it down, and I'm glad I did. It was called Magruder's Curiosity Cabinet. Um, It's available from us in regular or large print. It's available on Hoopla as an ebook or an audio book, and it's also available on Libby as an ebook. So it's widely available. So um, Magruder's Curiosity Cabinet is actually not a cabinet like you'd think of it today, but it is a, an old house on Coney Island that has been converted into sort of a sideshow attraction. So there are lots of peculiarities that are kept there, okay? So there's a flea circus. There is an, uh, a robot. Now, this is set in a, the uh, early 1900s, like mm-hmm. 1906. So this, there's a... a a mechanical uh, drawer that it, it, it's an artist sort of thing. And so Coney Island is just now becoming kind of a tourist attraction because the, the, the automobiles there, the, the subway, things like that, you can get to Coney Island, which you couldn't, it was really a lot, pretty remote before that. So all of this is growing up as an amusement park and it's starting to try to get a little respectability. This family, the Reynolds family, owns a huge portion of it, including Dreamland, which is one of the early amusement parks out there. Um, And they're trying to kind of clean out some of the disreputable sideshows and that sort of thing, such as Magruder's Curiosity Cabinet. So the Curiosity Cabinet is owned by this reclusive mad scientist inventor who's turned the operation of the attraction over to Zeph, who is an African-American who's lost his legs in a farming accident. He spent some time on a sideshow as kind of a 
they just really exploited him. Mm-hmm. And finally, he hooks up with the the professor who owns this uh, thing, and actually is his kind of his right hand man. Um, as a result, he shows a lot of empathy for the other unusuals, as they call them in the sideshows. This is like the tallest man, mm-hmm. and the, the bearded lady, and things like that. Um, and they refer to people who are not unusual as the dozens in their kind or a dime a dozen. So anyway, um, what happens then is as, this, as Coney Island is starting to grow, a plague occurs. Now, there was no plague on Coney Island historically. But in San Francisco and Honolulu, bubonic plague happened in this period, time period. Oh, okay. So this is sort of a, a, an extrapolation a of what, what would have happened if uh-huh. it had happened there. And it's fascinating. It, it really gets into the whole, um, what it takes to run a circus or a sideshow or a carnival. And it talks very empathetically about the people who live that life. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating because it's a life you, you don't ordinarily see in literature. So, again, I would really recommend this. It's a, it's um, there's some parts of it that are kind of gruesome as they describe the plague and what happens to people. Um, but it's also uh, very entertaining, and you, you root for the right people. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, if you can get through those kind of squeamish sequences, Magruder's Curiosity Cabinet should provide a solid entertainment. And like I said, it's avalo- available in all different formats. So if you want to listen to it while you're driving your car or, you know, do the ebook, you can enjoy it. It's so, written for adult audiences? It's an adult audience. It's okay. definitely adult. Uh, it, there's nothing... There's nothing objectionable, but I think you'd want to be a teen or an adult to, to really mm-hmm. uh, understand everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Medicare with uh, Jill Rinker. So stay tuned. Thank you, Gage. And uh, again, thank you to the Friends of the Library for sponsoring the show. Quick note, this is the last week of programming for the Summer Reading Club. Uh, but the, the prizes will be available as long as they hold out or until August 19th, whichever comes first. That's right. So uh, <laughs> just uh, if you've done your reading, make sure you drop off your lists at the library very soon. Yeah, including adults. It's prizes for all ages, and a lot of times adults forget that they there's some goodies in there for them, too. There certainly are. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, we are here today with Jill Rinker, who is an insurance specialist with SourcePoint, and um, we're going to talk about a program that is coming up at the Orange Branch Library in August, but I think the best place to start is, Jill, can you tell us a little bit about SourcePoint? I certainly can, and thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, The library is one of our community partners, and we appreciate being invited in. Um, every time we request it, <laughs> yeah, you, it's a yes, so thank <laughs> you. But anyway, SourcePoint is a not-for-profit organization. Uh, the mission is to help Delaware County residents stay safe and healthy, um, age 55 and above. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Delaware County resident and are 55, come into the center. You're automatically a member, and membership is free. Oh, great. Yes, so you could just stop into the center at 800 Cheshire Road, tell them that you want a Compass, and they'll get you a card and and sign you up to be a member. It's really a beautiful facility. Mm -hmm. How long have you guys been in this facility? It's been... 10-ish years? I, I would say 10 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful facility and, and right in a really nice area, too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. yeah. So you do a lot of programming at the center. There's, I mean, there's everything. I mean, there's places to hang out. There's food. There's workout. There's art. Um, but your job specifically is um, you help kind of navigate the insurance world. Can you? That, that is correct. So um, one of the uh, free programs at the center, which there are hundreds of uh, free community programs mm-hmm. to 55 and older. Um, we are the insurance department, and we do help folks um, 
navigate that Medicare system. Um, I was talking to George, and the the thing of it is, is folks um, have been told all their life what insurance program to sign up for through their employer. Right, right. So now at Unfortunately, here we are seniors, but we have to make this very difficult decision about what health care that you want um, to move forward with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's, and you look at the choices and the Medicare A, B, C, D, G, E, F, and it's like, well, you get held. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think I'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is alphabet soup. So mm-hmm. right. um, when you uh, would enroll in one of our new to Medicare classes, it is about a two-hour class, and we are giving a fairly comprehensive overview of mm-hmm. what your choices are mm-hmm. uh, for Medicare. So what we have coming up at the um, Orange Branch Library is we have two different classes. On the um, August 2nd at uh, 10 o'clock, we have New to Medicare. And then on August 23rd, um, at the same time, we have Find Your Own Plan. Are those, would you recommend starting with the August 2nd New to Medicare class and then following it up with the class on the 23rd? Absolutely. Um, We would ask that folks do the new new to Medicare class first because mm-hmm. we do give such a comprehensive overview that folks are kind of um, educated about what Medicare is before they start uh, delving into what decision they need to make to move forward. So uh, that new to Medicare class is a prerequisite to having a one-on-one appointment with one of our insurance specialists okay. at the center. Um, we do during peak times, which would be Medicare open enrollment or uh, the general enrollment period, we have um, other counselors help us uh, at those times mm-hmm. because we there's only three of us there for all of Delaware County senior uh, population, which and there is are growing. Quite a few of us, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> growing leaps and bounds. So mm-hmm. um, we do have some others that help us with that too. So timing-wise for this class, like George, you kind of mentioned earlier that this mm-hmm. might be something that you'll be navigating to- towards, even though you don't retire until uh, the 30th of September. Which, by the way, this is our 10th to the last show. I'm just, Aww. I'm just saying, yeah. but I'm really sorry about that. Um, but. When you retire on September 30th, would this be something that you would say, like, take this class before you retire so you know a little bit about it? Absolutely. So even if you're 55 and you're maybe 10 years away from retirement, you could take it now, just so you, you have it. T- yes, you could take it at any time, really, 55 or older. But ideally, you would want to take it maybe when you're 64 and Within going that year. on Medicare. Mm-hmm. Or like George, he has delayed entering into Medicare because he's still working. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Ideally, George should sign up now. I hope to see him at Orange. I've, I've actually signed up for a class. Uh, yes, I have. So. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yes, and this is a pre-registration class, but it's very easy to register. You just go to DelawareLibrary.org slash event or events, and you'll be able to um, find this class on either, well, start on the 2nd, go to August 2nd, and then just click the register button. You'll be taken right to the link on um, SourcePoint's website. That's, that's right. Are there any other little kind of like tidbits that you'd love to share while you, while you have the floor about um, just something that you wish everybody would know that seems to be something that stumps people a lot. Stay calm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, the consumers that come into our classes, and rightfully so, are very confused. Yeah. And, and it's a scary 
thing to them. Mm -hmm. But honestly, once you take the class and know what your options are, once you decide what option you want to go with, then everything else seems to fall into place. And we are there to help you or guide you to make your decision on uh, what route you want to go. Sort of like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The key is don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. Don't panic. What, what would be something, would, we, they, would the participants in the class need to bring anything with them? What would be information that would be good for them to have when they come? No, they really don't have to bring anything with them. We, we, we provide them with all the materials to take home. Um, we will give a PowerPoint presentation on each step that is needed to take to enroll in Medicare. Um, now, on the second class, the mm -hmm. fill, fill the gap mm -hmm. class, mm -hmm. you may want to bring a laptop or tablet okay. to that class because we would actually be uh, delving more into the components and picking up rates and costs and things for the folks. Wow, okay. That, that's really comprehensive. That's great. It's wonderful. So. Yeah. We're so glad to be partners with, uh, with SourcePoint, mm -hmm. um, you know, just in all the things we do. And I did want to mention, we have just introduced last month in July, it was our inaugural edition of what um, we call the Mature Reader Newsletter. Mm -hmm. And um, in the Mature Reader Newsletter, it is a newsletter that we're going to do monthly, um, specifically for those ages 50 to 55 and older. And um, we've already talked with our friends at SourcePoint and they've given us permission to put some of their programs into that. And so, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. If you need to sign up, um, contact us, and we'll show you how to sign up. I'm going to put a news block on the homepage of our website, DelawareLibrary.org. Well, great. Jill, thank you for being here. Thank you for helping people like me sort out the, the morass, which is Medicare. <laughs> it's greatly appreciated. You're welcome. Uh, we've got a couple of things coming up at the library I want to talk about this coming week. I know we've only got about a minute or two left, but um, we have the last of our Drainline Puzzle Challenges today at the yeah. Delaware Main Library. The folks at Emergency Plumbing have just been wonderful on this. I saw Trevor last night at a Chamber of Commerce function, and they're having so much fun with the kids, too. So yeah. this is a... Uh, you learn a little bit about plumbing. It's a little bit of a STEM exercise, uh, but you have fun, too. So. Yeah, and I had to give them a call this week. So, you know, after all that rain we got this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and they know what they're doing. That's great. That's good, a good thing that they do. Uh, we've got our book clubs are back this week. We're doing uh, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society by Marianne Schaefer at Around the Worlds and Books and Bites. The That's longest gonna... title of a book in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, they're going to be meeting at the Liberty Tavern on Tuesday yeah. in Powell. Uh, for that for at lunchtime. So you might want to join up for that. That is a pre-registered program. And we also have, this one's great. This is on uh, on Monday at Orange, Introduction to Falconry for Teens. Yeah. If you've ever seen a Falcon show, like at the Renaissance Fair or places like that, you know what incredible animals falcons are. And they still are truly independent. I mean, even though they're saying, you know, kind of like the, do the cues for go away and come back. We had one during a medieval fair once that didn't want to come back for a while. So right. he took his time and mm -hmm. then he came back. <laughs> when he was ready. <laughs> exactly. And we will make a notice that uh, this Monday, July 25th at 9.30 a.m. in the Delaware Main Library, our board of trustees are having a special meeting. Um, it is to discuss the employment of a public official. So <laughs> if you want to be there, you can be there. It is open. Mm -hmm. And it, it'll be very brief, though, I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and just a note for everybody, August 8th, Monday, August 8th, we are going to be repaving the parking lots, at, just, you know, uh, crack seal and, and uh, repave at the Delaware Library. So parking will be at the Eagles. We want to thank the Eagles for allowing us to use their lot, which is about a block away, just on the other side of the, the river from the library. But you might want to plan ahead if you don't want to walk that far to use the library the next day or something. So right. you won't even be able to get to the book drops because they'll have the whole parking lot rip, uh, roped off. 
It's just the Delaware Library. The, the building will be open, mm-hmm. but you'll have to be able to um, walk park a somewhere bit. Else. Yes. Mm-hmm. Walk so. a bit and park somewhere else. So anyway, again, Jill, thank you so much for being here. Jill Rinker from SourcePoint, and uh, we're looking forward to those programs at Orange. Nicole, it's always a pleasure. Tenth to the last show. <laughs> Are we going to really have a countdown like that every week? Yeah. Okay. Give it. <laughs> right. Thanks, Gage. <laughs> Thank and I apologize for leaving because it's going to be dull at the night show. <laughs> All right. And uh, so we will see you in the stacks.